What's up, everybody? It's Bricky Sergeant Benny, and we are back. Another episode of Life Through Our Lens. And Benny got us a guest, so Benny, take it away. Yeah, no. Got my boy, uh, AB, Alex Berlek on here. Uh, we go back from the old high school days, a little CHS action. So, uh, yeah, we reconnected recently in the past six months, and he's got a pretty interesting story. So, really wanted to get him on this and kind of share what he's got going on. And, and Alex, if, if you can, just give us a brief background of, of what you're up to and what's kind of leading you to where you're at right now. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, thanks for uh, having me on, guys, and bringing me on board. It's been it's been a while, Benny. It's been a while since we uh, we connected. But but like you said, this past year we really connected over our shared interest in helping people live better lives. And so uh, to answer your question, what what am I up to? Uh, let's just like jump right in. So I I work as a a life coach uh, or high performance coach, as I say, and work with young professionals, entrepreneurs in their 20s, 30s. Uh, and I help people that are going through life transitions, handle them with confidence and with ease and really like design a life they want to live rather than live a scripted life that they're not passionate about. And uh, I'll leave that at a high level right there. I'm sure we'll get into some more stuff, but uh, really began this about a year ago through the pandemic. And so uh, have really been seeing in a huge uptick of conversations with people that are like, is this really where I want to be for the next 30 years? That's awesome. So can you walk us through kind of how you found this as a, as a passion? It seems like you're pretty passionate about it, obviously ramping things up at this point. So what was kind of the, the stepping stone to get where you're at right now? Well, it, it all starts back at, uh, back at Canisius, man. So uh, went to, for those of you that don't know, uh, maybe even you guys like Zach and, and Sarge went to uh all boys Jesuit high school, Canisius high school in Buffalo, New York. And then I went to a Jesuit college, John Carroll university in Cleveland, Ohio, had an amazing experience at both of them. Like wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. But in a lot of ways, my life was scripted. Like I uh, got a degree in business from John Carroll. And when I was 19 years old and I came back from studying abroad, I, uh, I tried to leave school. I went to my parents and I pleaded that I was going to drop out because I didn't like business school. And they're like, yeah, nice try. So stuck it out, uh, got a degree in business. And like th that stemmed from two places. Like, hey, you have to make money. Like you need to some consistency in your life. And I was really scared of being different. Although at the time I just loved to read about like performance and productivity and psychology and preferred that over my business degree, but that wasn't the safe route. So started down that path for a couple of years. Uh, but I really, I worked in education. I didn't go in the, the traditional business route. I worked in education and higher ed for a few years, started a master's degree there. And finally I, I hit a wall when I was about 24 years old. And I said, I can't continue to live this life anymore. I was living a life that was not me. And so I stopped like dead in my tracks. I left grad school. I moved out to Utah and I needed to be in a new environment to start living uh, the life that I have been creating and continue to create, but that was of my creation, not that somebody had just said like, Hey, follow this path. This is the, the safe way to go. That's I love, awesome. yeah, I, I love that. I love that. And I, and I can relate that to that in a little bit, but I want to, I want to go back to kind of your, I don't know. We, we had a conversation prior to recording, get, got to know each other a little bit and kind of like your epiphany uh, or what I would like to call it like your, Oh shit. Like fuck this moment. 
where you're like, I'm just done. Do you, do you remember that moment? Yeah, there was a couple, right? <laughs> so some warning signs, uh, some red flags. Some, some red flags. Yeah, I do have, I do remember when I was working uh, as a junior in college, I was interning at Enterprise Rent-A-Car and at, which Enterprise is actually a great company, man. They treated you, they treated everybody like gold, but you, you just, all you do is work like seven to seven. You got to be there before people go to work and you got to be there when people are out of work because you're taking the cars back for business people traveling. And I told my girlfriend at the time, I was like, this is, this is just like where I was at. I was like, if I continue to do this for the next 10 years, like I'm going to be an alcoholic or worse. Like this is a bad lifestyle for me personally. Like I can't, I can't ma- manage this. You just love cold calling people. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> is that what it was? Is that what enterprise is? Is it a, are you calling actively to get new business? Depends what level level you're at. I'm. I, okay. This was like ten years ago, man. I was handling okay. people coming in. Like, okay, you're at the counter at the airport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that seems like it would be a very long same conversation on autopilot all day. And Doesn't I bet people are like the you, best. Yeah, and I bet people are completely reasonable at all times. You know, com- you have a great understanding. Times. Yeah, like we we don't have your car. It's like you know what? That's totally understandable. You would think, right? Like, <laughs> if only. <laughs> So but yeah, man, that, that was, go ahead, Ricky. Well, I was just going to ask, so was, was, did you go straight from enterprise to life coach or was there a transition period? There was a long, tra- it took me like from the, those beginning, oh shit moments that was like, Hey, like, I don't love my, my business degree. Like I don't, I didn't love working in enterprise. Like what I, what you, what I was doing through that time period and doing things I hated was like, just like picking up the threads of things I liked. Right. So that transition took like five years. And the things that I liked, I liked working with people. I liked sales because I got to talk with people like Sally from Kansas, who was traveling to see her family in Boston, who stopped in Buffalo for a car. We talked for 45 minutes. She'd tell me her whole life story. Like I enjoyed connecting with her. So like I knew that something involved with working with people, like that's why I went into education. I was like, hey, I worked with uh, college students, like juniors and seniors in student affairs and that were like getting ready to leave college. They didn't know what they wanted to do. And I helped them do their resumes and stuff. So like, did I like reading resumes? Hell no. Like, <laughs> does anybody want to read resumes all day? No, but do I love hearing, did I love hearing what these kids were doing and being like, what would you do if you could do anything you wanted? Like, what might that look like? How are you going to do that? That was the slow unfolding of saying, these are the things I'm passionate about. And then pushing aside the aspects to whatever degree that I could, that I was like, no, nah, this isn't for me. That's awesome. So I wanted to, I want to stay on this, this topic real quick. You kind of had a couple aha moments, maybe not as like Hollywood as we'd like, not this like smack in the face, like, Hey, like buddy, wake up. But you had a few of them. How did you start the process? Because you were aware of it and you said it took you, you know, five years ish to kind of get the, the direction that you wanted to get going. So how did you really get the process going? There's a, there's a little bit of a Hollywood story to that, to be honest with you. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, who I dating for like three and a half years, and I broke up, and I was I was devastated, man. So it was like, all right, one wheel is falling off the car. Yeah. I was in uh, in grad school, and I really was not. I was I didn't see a long term career trajectory that I was into. So I had two strikes, and I'd been feeling this way for about four years. So that was the moment I was I was in Germany. The, the last straw, the last like, oh shit moments. I was in Germany and I was sitting across the table from a host family on this uh, three week research program that we were doing. 
And my host family straight up like called me, called me out. They're like, you don't want to be doing this, do you? Wow. All the way across the world, man. These people could tell like in my, my being that they're like, no, man, like, you know, you don't really want to do this. Like his, uh, what, the, the guy that the brother, the, the host brother had like lived out in Canada and he traveled and he like ski bummed and stuff. And I got really excited about all the adventures that he was going on. And I, and I wanted that for my life. And they, they picked up on that. And that was a huge moment for me that really was like, okay, it's really time for me to take a, a new path seriously, as terrifying as that was. And that's when I like decided to move out to Utah. Wow. Okay. So that's, yeah. Hollywood. Uh, it's, a little, yeah. little bit. <laughs> you got a little stone in there. I like it. What would the movie title be? What would, what would your movie be called? I did. I don't know if I had a title. I see myself just like drinking a, a nice big, like half liter of German beer over the table. I see gotcha. the theme. I don't have a title for you. Right <laughs> I'll, come back, I'll come back to you on that. Maybe something right. will, will, will weave its way in. Little, little, uh, little suspense here. The Stein, <laughs> the German Stein full of half a pint, a little German beer. Um, so I, yeah, I got one here. So you kind of hit the crossroads and you decided to be a life coach. Now that you are one, I'm sure that you're dealing with a lot of people who are in the exact same spot that you were. And so my first question is, so when someone comes to you and is like, Hey, I'm in a spot I don't want to be in. What should I do? Do you like, how do you get them from point A to point B? And I guess, the second part of that question is, do you think that people should have another job secured before they quit their current job? That's kind of yeah. a lot. Two, two really good <laughs> questions. But let's start with the first one. The, the first one is the way I see it as like a map. So a lot of people have like goals and they have dreams, but they're really foggy. They're like really unclear, right? They're like, oh, I want a new job or I want to like move to a city or I want to like live in a life of adventure. Like, those are great things, but like, what the heck, did, what the hell do any of those mean? You want a new job. Cool. Do you want to work in IT? Do you want to work in crypto? Do you want to be a business owner? So like helping people get really, really clear. I'm like, okay, you're at point A and you want to get to point B. So we get crystal clear on point A, point a and B, and then we create a map, right? So like, if you don't know where you're at and where you're going, you'll never, you'll never get there or it will take a very long time. But once we have that really, really clear, then we begin to to work through like what are the smallest steps that you can take along the way what are the peaks the valleys what are the opportunities where the trail splits and how do you decide whether you're going to take this path or that path and, and i'm speaking like rather vaguely right now because i imagine we can we can talk at some point a little bit more about like what specifically coaching is but i want to touch on the other question for a second because one of the things that i also don't do is i don't tell people what to do. So of course I have an opinion on that, which I'll share. Right. But, I, but really I wanted to lead with that because coaching is not giving people advice. It's not fixing people. It's not saving them or telling them what to do. Like I really help people decide what is best for them and what they really want to do and help them get out of their own way. So for some people that looks like, yes, you probably should have uh, another job. I, I think that that's a, a, a wise idea, a smart idea, but for some people like who work, a lot, 70, 80 hours a week. Like if you really want to focus on getting a new job, like we all know what applying for jobs is like, it's like a job in and of itself. Right. So would it be wiser to take six weeks off and go balls to the wall and commit yourself to that path and fully commit to going that way? That might be an option too. Right. But it's, it's never for me to decide. It's always for the people I'm working with to, to really decide. So to your point on making those first steps, 
how do you come up with your clients those first steps? Is, I mean, I got to imagine everyone's a little different. So maybe that's a stupid question. But is it like making your bed? You know, for instance, I've seen like uh, some videos that military people are like, well, if you make your bed every day and it's a shit day, at least you made your bed type of deal. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I see that. That's good advice, man. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, General McChrystal or whatever, I think, has a a point on that. Yeah. So you've done something positive. But anyways, is it, could it be exercise? Could it be reading a book? Sorry, I got nothing else. No, no, I'm with you. (laughs) A a lot of people where it starts is like like your ideal day. Like if you could have your like ideal day, what would your ideal day look like? And so like mapping that out like hour for hour, putting it in your calendar and then like putting it into play for a week. Cause like any, nothing works exactly how you want it to all the time. Right? Like shit comes up, life happens. So it's like, okay, what do I do in those moments where things happen? How did I handle it? How do I get better? How do I iterate on this? And then, you know, you take that little, little map of like, okay, this is my ideal day. Like, what do I want other aspects of my life to look like? And like the four key areas that I start with people in is like, what do you want your work life to look like? What do you want your relationships to look like family, significant other, whatever it might be. What do you want your community life, your, what you do for fun, your activities, your engagement with the world to look like. And then what do you want your relationship with yourself to look like your mental, your physical health, all of that. So, so we, in, in like a, an onboarding sense, when we, when we first begin to build that roadmap, those are the four aspects that I really help people cl- paint a clear picture. of. I love that. Ideal day. Now you got me like thinking like, shit, what do I want to do every day? It's a pretty basic answer. And I think that all three of us might be pretty, I would like to wake up, have a little coffee, maybe a little Irish cream in there, play 18 holes of golf, perhaps take a nap. And then I don't know. I don't know. That sounds pretty good. Can't do that though. You want to be retired. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Retired sounds good, but I like, you got to something else for purpose, but I don't know. Playing golf like, Two hours of phone calls in there to like keep the you know the income coming in. You're good to go, man. Kate, take the call from the golf course. Ah, it sounds good. I you're you know you might enti- you're, I feel like this episode's gonna entice a lot of people to make some uh, some serious questions to themselves. So on the on the framework that you said, you kind of mentioned work, family, community, and self. Is that something that is is kind of taught? Like, is there kind of a training program to go through the life coaching? career path and and how does that kind of play into things there's a there's a lot there's a lot of stuff out there man and there's a lot of really good stuff and there's some not so good stuff too let's be honest but uh i think i think a lot of it comes out of and this is my personal like opinion but i think a lot of it comes out of the fact that none of these questions that we're like digging into were prompted to us in high school like college at least i wasn't i don't know did you guys ever get asked like what, what would you like? What are you passionate about? What are you talented in? What does your ideal day look like? You know, what do you want your life to look like if it could be all you wanted it to be like? I don't know. I had a, a bit of a attendance problem, so I'm not really sure it could have been said, but you I'm not that sure. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Probably didn't miss much, man. Like, no. School is kind of boring. I don't know. I don't remember ever having a day where they're like, hey, what do you want to do? I feel like, and even if it was asked, it was there was more focus on, I was just so busy. I don't know. I feel like high school blew through play sports, like do well in school. It was always future focused and, you know, positive, right. If you know, we're our parents' generation, I guess, but I was never asked, what do I want to do? 
And if I did have that dream, it was always kind of like beaten into your brain. Like, well, it's probably not smart, right? Like, do you really want to do that? Like you should go into this field because job security, 2008, you know, things crash. Like you don't want to be coming out of college now. So I don't know. The fear was definitely driven home to me. And that's definitely how I chose the degree I ended up going into just solely based on like society's fears and like my parents fears like you want to have a job right well it's kind of like alex was saying it's just it i think a lot of people it's just kind of a script like i went to college because i didn't want to live at my parents house anymore like i was 18 and i was like i want to move out (laughs) like that's really all i had i didn't have anything anything that i wanted to do i never really thought i was like i'll figure it out get a job after whatever i'm bright enough make it happen but never once did i think of like what is my ideal job or even could I get my ideal job? Like, even if that is even a real realistic thing. Yeah. That last question is, is key, right? Like, it's like, do I even believe this is possible? But like, I think both of you touched on like this idea of like the script, right? Like, I mean, I remember high school, man, like high school was like 70 hours a week. You gotta get <laughs> up and like, think about it. You're up at like 7 a.m. Yeah. You're in school all day. You go play sports. You get home at seven o'clock and you study for three hours, five days a week. My God. I didn't Maybe. study for three hours a day. Nah. <laughs> Dude, maybe I was doing it wrong, but like where Canisius was intense, at least for me, like in order to stay afloat, it was, yeah. it was very intense and it helped prepare me in a lot of ways. But at the same time, like there was no time for exploration. It wasn't a part of the conversation. Well, that's all. It's a little secret on my last semester of high school. Uh, first hour, advanced gym, second hour weights third hour international foods and fourth hour study hall aka uh ta teacher for a teacher who did not have a class so i brought him a ps2 and me and that teacher shout out mr bullmeyer played ps2 and that was why high school was fucking sweet because i did nothing I that was my- your whole day every day dude i don't even bring up pencil i skipped into high school every day didn't have shit going on. Didn't have a folder. I just kind of like left my stuff like in the back corner in the foods room, which is where my homeroom was. And that's where I kind of kept my stuff a little back corner. But so, sorry, I, we go off the rails every once in a while. And dude, you guys sound like, like you guys had it super intense. And I basically was just there. I like had to show up. You lived in a different world in high school. The only though, like the, the one thing about Canisius that was sweet is if you played a varsity sport, you got exempt from gym. So I had a free period like every other day because they mixed it in with some other like health or some other thing. So and you wanted to just take a nap because it was the only break you got all week. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming if we compared our transcripts in college that you boys did better than Sarge and I, because right? my my semester was pretty similar to his the last one of high school. So it probably worked out better for you guys than it did for us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I And let, let's, let's get, kind of get back on track. Sorry, guys. I just classic Sarge here, just having these random thoughts, ADD thoughts pop up. I want to get into your clientele. Like one, how, how, do they, how the fuck do they find you? Like, is it Instagram? Is it like one of the things that I, you know, we preach on this podcast, you know, spread the word, you freaking turds, but word of mouth is super important and it's the best way, you know, to grow and kind of curious how people find you. And then uh, the demographic would be awesome. We don't necessarily have to get into, you know, male, female type of deal, but 
age would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Well, like you said, like spread the words, turds. Um, I uh, Instagram is, is a way for sure. Facebook is a way for sure. And uh, I, I, I like use those tools, but I don't rely on them because coaching and like the work that I do is really built on trust and building relationships with people. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it, the, the way that those platforms have worked for me is they started conversations with people that I had previous relationships with that are like, Oh man, like that's like most of the people that have found me on social media, I knew somewhere along the line and they were like, dude, you're, you're telling my story right now. It's like, that's me. And so, you know, kind of what we're talking about right now, like the story of being like stuck in, in a scripted life, like people are like, yes, and I'm ready to change. But also a lot of it is just like relationships and meeting people that are ready and willing to do the work. Cause like I said, like, I don't do the work for my clients. Like people that I work with are ready, willing, and able to engage in the process as a, a peer. And they're like, Hey, I need somebody to support me, to believe in me while I go through this challenging process. Think of it as like, I'm, I'm like, uh, you're the CEO of your life. And I'm like on your personal board of directors. We talk once a week. We think about what you got going on. We plot a plan. We make sure you're, you're taking action and we make sure that like those difficult decisions are hashed out and you're, you're doing to whatever degree that you can, what you want to, but to the, the clientele pieces is, is important too. Most of my clients are in their mid twenties to mid thirties. So young professionals, uh, new entrepreneurs, uh, CEOs, a couple of, you know, clients I work with own their all own businesses. And then some of them are like mid-level managers. They manage like teams of people. So a lot of it is challenges with the team and with like work-life balance and stuff, which I don't like that term, by the way. I think, you know, we're just searching for balance. But uh, yeah, generally in that range is the, the clientele that I work with. And a lot of them are, are in a transition period. They are either transitioning careers, moving, whatever it, it might be. But the transition piece is uh, a common theme. Okay, so have any of these clients made the transition on their own, made that leap, and then came to you. You mentioned some of them are entrepreneurs starting businesses, or maybe they already had businesses. Is there anything along those lines that you could share or willing to share? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I'm intentionally like rather vague sometimes when I talk about this stuff, because a lot of these definitions is, are, is for people to decide on their own. So like what a transition likes looks like to you, to me, to Bricky or, or Benny are like totally different. So I'll give you an example. I have a client who has been owned his own coaching business, online coaching consulting business for like the past like handful of years. And he's got a killer online business, but he works like 80 plus hours a week. So a transition for him is like, he's making a killing, right? But he wants to work less. Whereas like, which is like not, not always the norm. Um, yeah. Whereas like some people are like working in jobs they really hate and they're like, moving through that. So really it depends on what your definition of a transition is. It really is. Some people are having really challenging uh, relationship issues and they're trying to transition out of that, but they live and they own a house with somebody like, so, so like different definitions of the, of the word, I think is like something that I seek to, to get on the same page with people right away. Like what exactly does that mean to you? Yeah, that's kind of, go ahead. You go, you go Benny. That's, I was just saying, that's kind of eye opening to me. Cause I guess I'm stuck in the, like the job thing. I, I I kind of missed the the other tiers or prongs, if you will, of what people may be seeking to improve in their life. So I, that's just that's just throwing in like a you're just making you're 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 getting the the engine fired up over here, and I'm just now I'm like really questioning. I'm gonna be in deep thought for about two weeks after this interview because I'm gonna be like ah like he just he just challenged us and it's like oh man 
I got a lot to think about. No, I was, that's exactly what I was going to say, Benny is like, I, I, when I think of life coach, I just immediately thought of like, Oh, jobs and work and all that, but it is life. Right. And so is there ever like a, like, so you're obviously dealing with a whole bunch of situations, different people, different backgrounds, all that stuff. Is there ever a time where someone comes to you and you just don't have anything for them? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and the, there's a distinction to be made between coaching, consulting, and therapy, particularly coaching and therapy, but I'll share all three of them. So coaching is really co-creative. Like we are peers in the relationship. I'm not an expert in your field or your life, but I am an expert in active listening and setting goals and helping you like pull out the pieces of wisdom and act on those in your life. Like a, a master of like change management is how you can look at it. But therapy is, and I would add one more thing, and coaching is future focused, but therapy is very much focused on the past. It's, it's focused, and these are broad sweeping definitions, but you, you'll get the gist, right? Therapy is focused on helping people understand or reframe or heal from challenging experiences they've had in their life so they can begin to be in the present and work on the future. Um, and so, yes, absolutely. Like the way that I was trained, and you guys touched on this earlier, was I, I'm a professionally certified life coach. So if someone comes to me and they use like the words like depression or anxiety in a way that tr triggers like, a focus solely on the past experience, I am professionally like obligated to, to point them in the direction of a therapist. But that being said, like I have worked with clients that have worked with therapists before and have worked with me or, or actively working with a therapist or a counselor and working with, with me as well. So that's probably the, the one exact, like real glaring example is like, this is not a good fit that you know, my, my professional expertise isn't going to serve you best. Good deal. Hey, I want to, I want to tell you, uh, you mentioned this earlier and I wanted to give you the opportunity to say this. How would you define a life coach? And I know we've, we've touched on a few things, but soup to nuts. What is a life coach for somebody out there that may not know, or may have a, a different opinion in their head? Yeah, I, th I think I've dropped a couple of in a couple of them in there, but coaching is uh, the way I see it. And the way that I've been trained is, is a, thought-provoking, co-creative process to help people be better in their lives and to create an in a life intentionally. And the key aspect there is the co-creative part. Like I help people think about their thinking. I don't give advice. I don't tell people what to do. Like I don't just leave people hanging. If somebody's really stuck, I'm like, hey, I've got a suggestion, but I hold it lightly. I'm not just like, this is what you should do. Because one of the powers of coaching is, is or two of them is like, one, if we just have a conversation with somebody and people challenge our points of view or the way we see things, or we just speak things out loud, sometimes we, we just like, we never shared any shit with anybody, right? Like yeah. anybody, I, I, the reason it took me so long to transition is because I couldn't share my goals or my dreams with anybody. I didn't feel like I had the support. So just sharing it is really, really important. And there was a second part. I, I lost my train of thought. Well, can, come back to me. can you keep going on that? Just like, you know, just on your own personal experience, you know, it was difficult. You didn't feel like you had the supporting cast to, to meet the goals that you had for yourself. How was it once you actually made that switch? What was the, what was the general response from family, friends? What was that like? All the haters. Yeah. All the, all haters. the haters out there. Well, I, I mean, I think through the process, like I start, I stopped in a way giving so much attention to what they thought because, oh, I think, I think to come back to my point, like one of the powers of coaching and I'll tie this back in is that 
I'm not here to tell people what to do. Most people know what they really want to do, but everybody around them is just like, they're the haters. They're like, you should do this. You should do that. And they tell us what to do with our life. Let's be real. Like nobody wants to be told what to do, but if just like, right. Like it's not rocket science, but listening to somebody is like a a rare gift for like technology in, in this world. So at first, like it was definitely nerve wracking to like go out on my own and share what I was doing with people. And like, what the hell is a life coach? Right. Like, you know, there, there's definitely like some stigma, so or at least some misunderstanding of what it is. I'm like, what the heck do you do? Are you a therapist? Are you uh, what the hell is this? Like, are you Tony Robbins? Like, no, I'm not Tony Robbins, <laughs> but Tony Robbins is badass. If you guys haven't checked him out, so it was it was more or less it was my own work that I had to do, is getting comfortable sharing with people and giving less attention to what those people were saying and more attention to like, do I actually believe? I'm capable of doing this. Am I actually good at this? Am I getting good feedback? So like, I really changed the whole way that I I looked at it. Like instead of looking for affirmation from people who didn't understand what I was doing, I was like, are the people that care and are interested, are they getting results? Like, are they staying on as clients? And the response has been overwhelming. Yes. So just a big mind shift personally, just not really, you know, giving a shit what anybody thinks, you know, you like, you learned it earlier than a lot of people. It seems like I see that in uh, a lot of social media posts, just like a lot of older people are like, yeah, just don't give a shit. You know, it never mattered. And we, we take other people's opinions way too seriously. Uh, yeah. I want to ask you how important do you think mental and physical health are? And are you typically dealing with people that are on a certain end of those spectrums? I, I think it's, it's like your, your health is your wealth, right? Like to throw like a, a cliche out there, but I think they're tremendously important, but I think they're also tremendously interrelated. And so, you know, before the call we jumped on, I was sharing a little bit how like my fiance and I are starting to bridge the gaps of our work because she works in uh, as a nutritional health coach and I work as a life coach. So you have like on one hand information and on one hand behavior change and to bring those two together is really a very good foundation of understanding health. So um, I think it's tremendously important, man. I think it's really powerful that like people are having the conversation about it in a different way because like I kind of, I kind of touched on the 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 difference between coaching and therapy. And so like there's a, a subset of the population, like 10 to 15% of that have like real serious diagnosed mental illness and should see like psychotherapists and, and, go through the traditional therapy route to whatever degree it works for them. But that leaves like 80 to 90% of people that are like normal humans that are struggling with just being fucking human, man. Like it's tough. So that's where like the mental and physical health, like conversation in a new way, I think comes in. It's, it's not just that, that population. It's like, it's really hard to be human. But I think the one other thing I'd add there is that like, they don't, they don't stand alone. Yeah. I, I help people think about their thinking but sometimes people need to stop thinking about their shit. They need to take a cold shower. They need to eat some vegetables, get a good night's sleep, and then come back to the drawing board because you'll feel totally different and you're, you'll think and you'll see the problem totally different too. See it through a different lens. Oh, I love that. Oh, I like a that. Boom. <laughs> Drop the <laughs> mic there. Yeah, that's a hashtag right there. I don't know. This is, this is interesting stuff. I don't know. The whole life coaching idea to me, uh, I think I mentioned this to you and I, we had spoke, I don't know, four months ago at this point, time's flying by, you know, the year after the COVID summer is, is busy, but 
it's 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 interesting and hey i I wanted to switch over i want to give sarge a little little shout out because he's definitely taken a a similar path kind of transitioned out of a a corporate lifestyle and and i don't want to tell your story but i it's definitely inspiring man i think a lot of people especially other people in minnesota that i've known are like hell yeah that that rocks so i don't know shed some light on it man so like alex i i can definitely relate to alex and uh i one of my questions earlier was the oh shit moment. So I, I worked for uh, my dad for five years uh, at Advanced Tech. I mean, it was a great company and I had a lot of fun. Uh, learned a ton, learned so much about manufacturing. And I, and like you, Alex, I just love talking to people. I loved it. I love learning about the window industry, you know, injection molding, just all these different types of the way things are made is kind of crazy. Um, it was cool to learn that and just talking to the blue collar guys, the machinists and stuff. I was like, gosh, these guys are just awesome. Down to earth, salt the earth people. And then COVID happened. Um, it was going to be a great year. Had a lot of in the sales. I had a lot of the projections or what do, what do you want to call those? Oh, Penny, I'm already, the I already funnel, lost it. The sales. The, uh, yeah. yeah. The funnel, the projections. Oh my God. We called it something. I'm already blanking. Well, it doesn't even matter. Who cares? Uh, and then COVID happened in, no one knew what to do. No industry whatsoever. But I uh, I got a little bit lucky. Customer had was making those N95 masks and needed 3D printer or whatever. And then you know a couple other deals just kind of happened out of no out of the blue. And it was and I was the number one salesman of that quarter, which was sweet. Never happened before in five years. And didn't move the needle at all. I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I it, it, I'm dead serious. I don't care. I didn't care about the money. It's the most biggest paycheck I ever had. And I was like, I don't care. This doesn't, whatever. Uh, and then you couldn't go anywhere. And the only thing I truly loved about working at advanced tech was going on site and meeting new people and presenting and just BSing and going over the parts. And once that was taken away, I was just like, Oh my God, I do not want to do this. Selling a $250,000 printer which is a hard concept for a lot of old school people to grasp is complete, completely changes organization strategy, everything. It's a complete game changer, but it's a lot of money and selling that through fucking zoom. Like this conversation right now is impossible. It's impossible. And we had weekly meetings with our, uh, like, uh, the person, sorry, not the person, the company we sold the printers for. And we had the same meeting. It was literally like, Groundhog's Day every Wednesday, the same fucking meeting. What's going on with this deal? Nothing. There's nothing going on with this fucking deal because COVID, no one has any fucking idea what's going on. Everyone's holding on to the money. There's no more budget. Nothing's happening. And I just one day just had an absolute mental breakdown. And I was like, I am fucking done. And I quit. Didn't work for two months. Just kind of, I don't know, luckily I had a little bit of money saved up. Just kind of sat there and I was started kind of writing blogs because originally I wanted to start doing like a blog deal and i realized i'm a terrible writer but some of the stuff was funny but i i gotta be on video because i can't spell anyway and then that's kind of how this podcast started uh benny i talked another conversation was like brickner would be a great guy that's kind of how this all started but what i wanted to do your ideal day is just i've always wanted to be like an entertainer i guess i've always just enjoyed being goofy weird and uh, making people laugh I, i don't love it and I don't know where you're going to find that job. Uh, part of why, you know, sales, I always like open up with a joke, lighten the mood when you, when you start. But 
it was a huge life change. And I also at that time was got super fat. And I just was like, had that look in the mirror, same time at round Brickner's batch party. It's like, you're fucking done. Like you are, this is, we're done with this. Like, let's go. <laughs> got everything, got my shit together. Didn't drink for like fucking six months, maybe, maybe a couple weddings and stuff in there. Uh, did go to some COVID weddings, but put down the booze, got my ass in shape. And then going full into this, moved in with my parents. That was actually a planned move. That was, I was looking for a house, but I'm 100% focused on this. So I just go home and work on this stuff. And yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's just one of those feelings. Like it's like fucking gratifying. I'm making half the money I, I made. I used to make uh, working in the warehouse, which I, it's just fine. It's fine work. I'm moving around. Can think about this stuff all the time, but ah, uh, yeah, it's, I'm really glad I did it. Um, but I, I read some like self-help books and stuff. Uh, we can get into that later. I w- wanted to kind of pick your brain on that. And just finally lit a bone fire under my ass. I was just like, are you going to fucking do this or what? Like you're, you're all talk, dude. Reach down your pants. Those are nuts. Yeah, you have them. Let's fucking go put them on the table and let her rip. So yeah, that's my story. I know we're interviewing you, but I love to talk about myself, I guess. So. (laughs) Oh, that's that's (laughs) huge, man. Like, yeah. Cause like you said, it's like, let it out on the table, man. It's challenging to do. I'm curious if I can just like, throw something back at you you asked me about the oh shit moments did you have like a couple early like warning shots that you're like oh i'm not sure about like the path i'm headed down that kind of like tipped you off yeah because it sales is a fucking roller coaster man it does a lot to your mental health so i i might i had an oh shit moment i actually saw a therapist which i i 100 recommend i stand by it uh that helped a ton I didn't really like the guy I was with, but it was nice to like, once again, talk about some of that shit that, you know, never, no one really does. I don't, I really don't want to have that conversation with you, Brickner, about my feelings. No offense, but you're not the right person to spill out. And quite frankly, none of my friends were, I don't want them to know that shit. That's, you know, got, everyone's got some demons and your boy had some demons, but it was nice to kind of get those out and kind of had that. Like one day it was like, man, we are done selling. I don't want to sell anything, but what I 100% truly believe in, which is us and myself, you know, taking this hopefully to be our jobs and that my day, ideal day is fucking talking on the mic and making stupid videos. How about that? You're selling yourself, baby. Mm-hmm. You know, come on. You're still a sales guy. <laughs> you're selling yourself. And I, they're unbelievable skills to learn. People skills are so important. I'm not very book smart, but I'm, I can get along with anyone and I have a general idea of how people are feeling emotionally. And that, that's why I love just talking and BSing, dude. It was the best. I loved it. I loved it. I hate, that's why I hate calling on the phone. I, I'd rather go to like door to door than over the phone, which is fucking psycho. Yeah. That's an old school. Yeah. You're, there's a lot of people that are afraid to knock on doors and get yelled at, but Hey, based on that, I, I, I think I was talking to you about this bear life in, in the past, but how many different types of like intelligence do you think there are? We were kicking this around and it's like, you know, when, when we go back to the beginning of this, this episode, it's like, everything was scripted, right? Everything was like, Hey, go to school, get good grades, play sports, be well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like academic intelligence, but like what Sarge just said, social intelligence 
for me personally has has given me gotten me much further in life than any academic intelligence so i just i wanted to like kick the can on that just to see like ideas you might have bricky sar just like open form it because there's a lot of different facets to intelligence but we really only focus on maybe one or two in society dude that's an amazing question first of all that's a question that like (laughs) Seriously, like you want to take this podcast to another, like another level? That's a question that like more people, I, I think, need to be and actually are asked because like that scripted point, that fear that we are like all, all kind of a busyness that we are fed into. Like, yeah, it's, it's the one intelligence that you're hitting on there is like cognitive intelligence, right? It's like memorize these facts, take a test, like regurgitate them for a test and forget them two weeks later, right? Yep. Not a whole, not very useful. <laughs> you know but but it's all but it is a, a skill and it's an intelligence to be uh strengthened there is a uh philosopher i think psychologist philosopher by the name of ken wilbur who uh, i have you know read a, a fair bit of his work and he touches on between like eight and 20 types of intelligence i i tend to go to like the smaller number because like you get to 20 and most people are just like give me one or two but like i think you're touching on some there right like the social intelligence the emotional intelligence the interpersonal like sarge is talking about like interpersonal intelligence like it's kind of in the emotional realm there's like a somatic intelligence i believe like the feeling how does your body feel right like i too matt like i put on a lot of weight and i just like literally couldn't even feel i was like no i couldn't feel my body i didn't know wh- what was going on and then i started to work out again and it was like the hardest thing i'd ever done in my life what else is in there like i mean you could put like a spiritual intelligence in there i think i probably only need a handful but yeah there's there's like a real conversation to be had about that i don't know what do you, what uh what do you guys think anything else coming survival survival instinct i think that's definitely an intelligence uh i'm pretty opposite. bad at that so ben versus nature Nature wins 10 times out of 10. Terrified of bugs. Really pale. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> Can't start a fire. Would you guys say like no like directional wise, like let's say you don't have a compass, you're out somewhere. Could you northeast, west, south it? Could you could you know your bearings? Is that an intelligence? I feel like that's an intelligence. That's I like, feel like spatial it, intelligence. That's yeah. like, where am I in space? Can I? Yeah, that's that's actually for sure one. I, I actually have unbelievable spatial awareness because I know how far six feet is and I have not got COVID. So that means I'm. <laughs> <laughs> You're a genius. Uh, to your knowledge, you have not got COVID. That's correct. Brickner, you got anything? Um, Not on that. What about eyesight? For intelligence? Sight intelligence? I can't see shit without my glasses. Yeah, but I mean. I don't know. I threw it out. Hey, I thought we were spitballing ideas. <laughs> yeah, here. yeah. It's just, it, it, yeah. I don't know. You're not wrong. I don't know. I think that falls under your survival intelligence. It like goes that. like an artistic piece, like intelligence. Yeah. Yeah, like, like musical. Musical, artistic. Artists can see things in ways that, like, most of us can't. I don't know how to, just, you know, just, like, see some shit, put it together in a way that, like, no one would imagine put it together. Like, like Mac Miller comes to mind. Like, Mac Miller was like a badass artist. No one knew what to make him. Mac Miller didn't know what to make of Mac Miller. Yeah, but Mac Miller loved drugs too. <laughs> yeah, maybe that <laughs> helped it. Maybe that was something that was like helping him. I don't know. Or not, clearly. R.I.P. No, that's interesting. Yeah, there's there seems to be a lot of different facets of intelligence. And again, like you said, I guess cognitive is definitely uh, the term that definitely resonates 
the best, but I don't know for, for all the other facets, it's like, you know, in order to be successful, so, social intelligence is definitely far and ab- far and above the best one after college. Like if you can't make friends, if you can't, you know, be cordial in a workplace, you know, get your shit together, be well presentable. It's like that, that to me should be on a higher tier. And I know you kind of learn that growing up and, you know, siblings, this, that, the other thing. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's not like, hey, like, this is how you're supposed to do it. Or like, you know, this is how you can improve upon it. We're only taught how to improve our cognitive intelligence. And like, I don't know about you guys, but I sucked at standardized tests. I was always decimated by those. And it's just, just because some kids are good at it doesn't mean that they're, you know, smarter than me overall. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm smart by any means, but at the same time, it's like, the precipice of how you got on to a higher education and going back into the overall theme. It's like higher job, higher education, better job, better money, this, that, the other thing, the whole waterfall trickling down. I just want to quick point out that Benny goes, yeah, I'm not so smart. And then throws up precipice almost immediately after. (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks, we're going to tie a bow on it for now partly due to the pure laziness on the audio editing front, primarily due to the fact that an hour 45 of the podcast interview is inching a bit too close to the Joe Rogan show. Stay tuned for the second installment of the interview with Alex. And don't check out just yet. What kind of guy would I be to leave you without throwing you a teaser or two? We're going to discuss onboarding new clients, spitball a few ideas for alternative life coach names, and the stigmas around the life coach term itself. Also, AB's expression, the mountain, you gotta hear it. Like always, take a reezy and spread the word, you freaking turds.